0: I am Parrish Alford of the Daily Journal, and I'm joined now by our two new beat writers. Michael Katz will be covering Ole Miss. Stephan, Stephan, I'm going to mess this up ten ways, and, and, and I might not get it until your time you know, is complete. Tell me your last name, and I'm going to tell you, as I have looked at your last name, You know, it helps me that all the vowels and consonants line up. And that I can, get, I can get an English pronunciation from it, and in my mind, I look at that and I say Krajisnik, and I know that's wrong. But uh, Stefan, pronounce your last name for me.
1: Yeah, you're close. The, the J is pronounced as a Y, so it's Krajisnik.
0: Krajisnik. Okay, I can get that. That's not bad. That's not hard. You got a doubt? <laughs> you know, I've I've struggled with some uh, some other European names, but I can I think I can work with Krajisnik. <laughs> Stephan Kreishnick is going to cover Mississippi State. We're glad to have you guys with us. Wanted to talk, uh, just get y'all to introduce yourselves here in a little bit, and, and then we'll talk uh, talk some football. And before we get too far along, I want to say thank you to uh, the Oxford Park Commission for going along for the ride with us on the Justify Your Existence podcast and the old Miss Facebook group. Lots of good things going on there with OPC. Uh, we catch up with John Davis there uh, quite a bit in the group and, and uh, really, just so many programs there, and, and it, you know, you hear local park commission, and you think uh, kids playing baseball and softball, but uh, just varied programs there at OPC for the young and the old. Okay, and and I, I think I'm I'm in the old. I'm in the old, but there are things there for me at OPC if uh, if I get over there, uh, Michael. You're going to be living there, man. Now maybe you'll get to take advantage of some OPC programs. This will be the. The first time that the Daily Journal beat writer uh, has lived uh, in Oxford. So kind of a kind of a new day there. That's that's interesting. Uh, Tell me a little bit about uh, where you're coming from. I I know uh, you're coming to us from Wyoming. There was time at Boise State uh, before that and and, uh, even further west there, uh, uh, California. Were you around? uh, Were you in Los Angeles for uh, Lane Kiffin's time there?
2: I sure was uh, so I am a USC graduate actually and uh, the year that I was the sports editor of the Daily Trojan, uh, Lane Lane was the head coach and so uh, my my first uh, interactions as a reporter uh, with the head coach were actually with Lane Kiffen and it's uh, it was a big uh, life really does come full circle moment when uh, this all came together and uh, you know Lane's obviously had quite the transformation over the last few years uh i've I've grown up a little bit since then too and uh yeah, but it's 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 really funny. the first thing I my dad said when I told him it was all miss he just said, oh you're gonna be back with Lane, aren't you and I said, yep it's I can't get away from him uh, that, that so, is, yeah
0: that is, uh, that is fascinating so. Uh, is, is Lane Kiffin going to uh, pick you out at media days and say, Michael Katz, I remember you, or, 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 or what, what do you think? Uh, did, did you get to know him? Because I'll tell you, I think Lane's kind of like, uh, as far as getting to know local media, that's not his thing. You know, he, you know, he, he much more uh, is an eager participant uh, uh, in a national media conversation. But uh, he kind of warmed up to us, took till about October. But uh, and and things were different now last year because everything was Zoom and there were the COVID restrictions. But uh, he he finally loosened up with us last year. Is he going to look out in the crowd? And it's going to be he's going to have light in his eyes. He's going to look out and say, "That's Michael Katz. I remember him."
2: Uh, If he does remember me, I don't think it's going to be for something he likes. um, Because uh, one of my last columns as uh, the sports editor was that he should be fired as USC's head coach um so if he does why, remember why, why
0: do you want to fire him he was just one and two you know he had that uh, recruiting class before that he was only three games in why so, did you want to fire him on the tarmac
2: so I was already I was at I, so this was 2012 the year they started off as the preseason number one and finished seven and six I think it was um at the end of that season I wrote that column and uh I got a little blowback in that next year when it actually happened I was like well at least, at least I wasn't wrong. At least he didn't like go like 13-0 the next year. That would have looked really bad on my end. Uh, but if he does remember me, uh, it won't be for a great thing. But I think maybe at this point he would uh, probably say I was right that he should have been fired because he didn't handle things the best there. He's grown up a lot. Uh, he's, he's definitely transformed himself. It's been really interesting to kind of watch from afar um, how, how people have kind of embraced him.
0: I think grown up is the key there. I I think you hit that uh, on the head because Ole Miss, I know in making this hire, was hoping that they were getting a more mature version of Lane Kiffin, like the more mature Ed Ogeron version they see at LSU, uh, the version that Ole Miss did not have when when he was in Oxford. So he's a different coach. They believe Lane uh, is a different coach, lots of high expectations. Uh, for Ole Miss uh, coming in. Stephan, uh, as I think of you and, and Mississippi State, this is my concern, okay? this My concern is that when your name is Stefan, that you are just an A and a T from State fan, okay? <laughs> so that's something that we're going to have to watch. <laughs> uh, we're excited to uh, to have you. Uh, on the beat as well. So <clears throat> tell us a little bit about your background. I, I, both of you guys have posted in our Facebook groups, folks, uh, lots of good things there um, on Ole Miss and Mississippi State uh, in the Facebook groups. Uh, Stefan, give us a little background and just, uh, you know, tell us uh, you know, how you became a state fan.
1: Yeah, that's, that's, that's creative. I, I've never heard that one before. So I'll have to, I'll have to keep that in mind if, if some of the fans or readers start pestering me about that. Uh, yeah, I come from the, the Chicago area. I lived in Indiana my whole life, but only about 30, 40 minutes out of Chicago. So I uh, grew up there, went to Indiana University uh, the last four years. And, um, you know, my Ole Miss ties, I guess, are Tom Allen used to used to be an assistant at Ole Miss. So I um, actually wrote a story on, on um, you know, his time there at Ole Miss and, and a lot of the assistant coaches that were with him on that staff that have uh, come over with him to Indiana now. So it's kind of, I mean, you look at Indiana's coaching staff, I think Ole Miss fans see uh, five or six names they, they probably recognize. So a lot of tie-in there. So I guess my most recent football coverage experience was maybe a little bit uh, more positive than Lane Kiffin's last time at, at USC. I think Tom is uh, <laughs> everything at, at IU is going a little bit more positive than I think Lane Kiffin's in there at USC. But I guess we'll see how it pans out. But. Yeah, that, that's kind of my experience. Worked with the, the Indy Star past couple years, student paper at Indiana um, a couple of years before that. Um, covered, I mean, everything ranging from volleyball and golf to, to men's basketball, women's basketball, football. So uh, covered it all and then excited to do that for Mississippi State. Um,
0: tell me, re- refresh me on some of those ties. I did not see Indiana in the bowl game. I was attending my son's wedding in Jackson. Uh, I was with the groomsman and they had it on. Uh, on a laptop, and so everybody was like checking the score and, and all of that. Uh, I know that uh, Indiana was without Michael Penix uh, in that game. Obviously, uh, a different team, a different team uh, without uh, that very uh, athletic player at quarterback. But refresh me on some of those old Miss connections. I know uh, uh, Grant Hurd is there, right?
1: Right. Yeah, you got uh, a lot of the guys that, that were there for for Hugh Freeze is there. I mean, you got Grant Hurd, Jason Jones. Jason Jones came yep. over pretty recently. Um, Tom Allen um, Kane Womack he's no That's longer right. with Indiana but he was Indiana's defensive coordinator last year uh, I'm, I'm probably missing a, a name or two there I know they they even had people in the recruiting the um, recruiting area that that were from Ole Miss I mean they Tom Allen brought over as I think as many people as he could I, I don't think he's done yet I think he if he had to he'd still find some some Hugh Freeze yeah. coaching tree guys to, to bring in so um, yeah, and, and I, was, I was there at the bowl game. It's a shame we didn't get to meet each other there. It would have been, been a great time. But, it would have been um,
0: uh, interesting.
1: Um, I'm, sure, I'm sure Ole Miss fans will let, let me hear it a little bit. But that was, yeah, I mean, I didn't have uh, Mike Penix. I mean, the, the offense was a little stagnant. Probably should have probably won that game. I think if Vignette looks back, that's probably one of the games that they wish they should have won. But SEC proved itself in that
0: game. Well, I will tell you there there are um, probably lesser quarterbacks than uh, than Ole Miss faced that day that made that defense struggle last year. Now they played better at the end of the season, and I think the Ole Miss defense will be better this season. But uh, you're going to be covering Mississippi State. Uh, tell me, uh, you know, what did you know uh, about Mississippi State athletics uh, when you decided to apply for this job?
1: Yeah. I mean, the first thing is that, you know, it's an SEC program and, you know, starting with football and ranging to baseball. I mean, you got, I mean, I came in maybe a couple of weeks coming in a couple of weeks too late for the baseball program, but um, you know, SEC football, I mean, it's, I think any reporter will tell you, any sports reporter will tell you that covering SEC football is um, a dream, a dream of theirs and, and getting that opportunity is obviously the first thing that came to mind. Some Mississippi State fans might, uh, remember Ben Portner, he worked for the dispatch a couple of years ago. He's now covering South Carolina, but um, you know, he, he covered Mississippi state and he's actually the one that, that told me about the job opening or the job opening here at uh, the daily journal. And he said, Hey, I think this is something worth applying for. And, you know, once I ran into it and saw um, you know, the, the opportunity to cover Mississippi state um, you know, something I jumped on right away and it kind of moved pretty quick, you know, the interview and, and, and getting, and getting tied up with you guys uh, it all, it all moved pretty quick.
0: Well, I tell you, it did move pretty quick. I, I wasn't thinking that we would have uh, uh, people in place uh, for media days, but I'm, I'm glad that we do. Were you able to watch State uh, in the College World Series?
1: Yeah, yeah, I was. Well, I was actually – I was in Serbia, so I was a little limited. I mean, it was it was tough when uh, when some of those games would start at, at 2 a.m. local time. But I was fortunate enough that all, all those rain delays – I mean, games that, you know, they were starting at, or continuing, I guess I should say, at 1 a.m. local time, that was pretty easy for me, because that's 8 or 9 a.m. over there, I was already kind of awake, so I was able to to watch most of it, some of it I had to watch, um, reruns, you know, um, maybe some of of those earlier innings I had to kind of catch up on, but um, on Twitter, I I was watching, I was able to open up the ESPN app while I was over there, a little bit slower Wi-Fi, so I was probably a little bit behind, but I was able to see a lot of it. I mean, just uh, that's an impressive run. I, I kind of, I covered Chris Lamonis. my freshman year at IU with his last season at Indiana, so I, I, I know Chris. Um, I, I covered him, so maybe you know, um, um, uh, Michael's Lane Kiffin experience, maybe Chris Lamonis would be able to pick me out in crowd, remember me a little bit, but, um, yeah, those, those are my ties. I, I, you'd be surprised how many Indiana, Mississippi ties there appear to be in the in the coaching realm. Well.
0: I will tell you, uh, college baseball is big uh, in the SEC, and it's really big in Mississippi uh, especially. Now, I I know that it doesn't – that the interest isn't there nationwide. But, Michael, let's go back to you. Have have you covered college baseball? Does Wyoming play it?
2: They do not anymore. They used to. Um, And they got rid of it, I want to say, in the 80s. Um, Then the other – you know, I I was – covering Boise state earlier uh, in my career. And they actually brought back their baseball program for, I think it lasted 10 games and then COVID happened and then they dropped the program again. Um, So I I have not had great college uh, baseball luck. Uh, I did cover um, one of the better junior college programs uh, college of Southern Idaho. Uh, They used to play against the school that Bryce Harper went to and Phil Bickford of the Dodgers. I saw Bickford play um it's always it's funny because I was always really looking forward to the uh, aluminum bat sound but of course they played in a wood bat league so I never I was always deprived of that the ping noise um so I'm I'm really excited I love college baseball uh, USC used to be really good at it uh, it's been a while since they were good at it uh so I've 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 always loved it um I, I'm excited and and just looking through you know the Facebook group and on Twitter uh Ole Miss fans I think I think they're a little testy that Mississippi State got it done before they did.
0: Well, uh, you know that that's a big conversation. That's an ongoing conversation here. But great, uh, you know, success at both schools. In addition to Southern Miss, I mean, really, and uh, uh, Delta State at the Division II level has won a national championship. It's uh, college baseball in Mississippi is is pretty good, and they're going to be really good facilities where you guys are going. Stefan, I know uh, IU had some success there under Lamonis. Uh, have they continued that? What is college baseball interest like uh, at Indiana?
1: Yeah, I mean, it, you're not going to – it doesn't get the interest that basketball gets and, and now football does. But um, certainly, I mean, after after Chris left, I mean, there's there's been some success, a level – IU's biggest problem this year is their, their whole pitching staff got drafted. I mean, they're losing people <laughs> to the draft, which I guess is a good – good, uh, problem to have new coach they got uh, maybe a little different than Chris just in terms of he's a lot more in, in the focused on the numbers and the analytics and all the advanced stuff in baseball but they've they've been able to continue this success um, to a level I know after Lamonis left um, Jeff Mercer who came in his first year he won the Big Ten title I, at this point IU is definitely the um, most consistent uh, in terms of the Big Ten schools I know I mean the Big Ten doesn't really have too much success you'll get the Occasional, I, I believe, was it in Michigan a couple of years ago that made a run to the College World Series? I mean, you'll get the occasional team that makes a College World Series appearance. But when it comes to baseball, Big Ten is nowhere near as, where SEC is um, or, or maybe even some of the other conferences and ACC. But um, I think I think what stands out is, is among the Big Ten schools I use probably for the past, let's say, 10 years has been the best, most consistent school.
0: I knew there was a Big Ten title in there, and I couldn't remember if it was uh, under Lamonis or the guy that uh, that came after him. And in the year after the Big Ten title, which might have been in 2019, uh, Ole Miss and, and IU played uh, at East Carolina uh, in a in a tournament there, and and that was, uh, yeah, it was it was it was 20. Well, actually, it might have been 2020. I think it was last year. I think uh,
1: yeah, I think it might have been right before I, everything got shut down.
0: Yeah, I think it was last year. It was the COVID year, and uh, Ole Miss won uh, those 16 straight games, and you know, and on the way to that was uh, winning three games there at uh, at East Carolina, and uh, IU was was in that field. So, all right, uh, let's talk uh, football a little bit. I know, uh, you know, y'all are y'all are coming into this new, and, and you've been reading up on uh, the teams that you're going to be covering. So, uh, Michael, what what have you learned about the Rebels?
2: Well, it's it's really funny because uh, I'm not sure how much you guys know about you know the University of Wyoming's offensive scheme, but I think to call it conservative would be a, an understatement at this point. It's 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 I think last year they ran 75 percent of the time on first down is is the stat that I found, uh, and so now I'm I'm extremely excited to see a wide open offense for the first time uh, in a long time. Uh, you know, obviously quarterback Matt Corral is. Done some special things. A connection with him is he's a Southern California guy, and he was a USC commit for a while. Um, I, I remember him coming out of high school and how big of a deal he was, and, um, and just kind of looking through the numbers. And yeah, I, I know they're you know losing Elijah Moore's is, is a big deal, but uh, if there's one thing about Lane Kiffin, it's that he knows how to scheme guys open, and um, that offense was a lot of fun to watch. I mean, for for me last year. Uh, you know, the Mountain West season initially kind of like the big tens was canceled. Um, and so for the first, you know, month, you know, for September, I was, I was watching SEC and big 12 games like everybody else, because I didn't have anything to cover until the end of October when, uh, when the Mountain West came back. And so I was watching a lot of those, those Ole Miss games and man, they were, they were fun to watch. Uh, Corral can sling it. You know, Jerry and Ely is, 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 is a great all purpose back. Uh, obviously the defense has a little bit of work to do. I that also might be an understatement, but, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm excited to, to see a, a wide open offense. And, you know, I, I think Lane Kiffin has, has come a long way in that regard since his USC days too. You know, he was always kind of the prodigy. Um, but at, at times that I see, I think fans got on him a little bit for, I don't know if predictable is, is the right term, but he, he, sometimes the offense was stagnant at moments where given the talent it really made no sense and really in the last 10 years uh, it's pretty tough to see Elaine Kiffin offense stall and and I'm really it's going to be quite the blast to you, you know or quite quite the, the jarring change to go from uh, you know I formation fullbacks and uh, you know running 75 percent of the time to, to seeing this wide open offense it's it's been a lot of fun to learn about and uh, it, it's kind of taken me back to my college days, which is also always a good thing. It makes me feel young.
0: Well, you mentioned scheme people open. And, and yes, I think Lane Kiffin can do that. And, and you don't lose a guy like Elijah Moore and not feel it. You know, I mean, he was, he was a very dynamic player. But you can find people to run and catch, okay? There will be new playmakers emerge at wide receiver for Ole Miss. I am confident about that. I think they will have a good group of wide receivers – To win big, you have to be elite at quarterback. And that's the big thing. Ole Miss uh, is right now with Corral. Uh, They are elite at quarterback. I think a position to watch for them, though, is going to be offensive line. Um, They're going to return three starters. Okay. They've got uh, a potential, you know, early draft pick there, maybe a first rounder with Nick Broker at left tackle. They got a veteran with uh, Ben Brown in the middle, uh, losing Royce Newman from the right side. but they had the abrupt change at offensive line coach with uh, Randy Clements there. So, uh, anyway, uh, young guy uh, there uh, coming in, and so uh, that's a position to watch. Uh, Stefan, what have you learned about Mississippi State?
1: Yeah, I, I learned that uh, all, the, all the people that claim to be uh, SEC experts and Mississippi State experts also don't know what to expect this year. So I think that makes it a little easier on me coming in, too. But uh, it seems like, I mean, the, the stuff I read, I mean, expectations for this team range from three and nine to eight, and four. I mean, you got, it's all over the place. And I think the schedule is kind of interesting because you got the, the three games that I'm pretty sure Mississippi State is going to take. And then you got about five that you, you know, they're going to lose and you got the four or five in between where, you're, where you're thinking to yourself, okay, that's, you know, the old Miss game, the Egg Bowl. I'm, I'm really excited for that. I'm sure me and Mike will run into each other there, but um yeah I mean it, there's the quarterback competition and I put air quotes around that just because I don't know how much of a competition it really is um between Abraham and Rodgers uh, I I feel like it, it's got to be Rodgers job and, and you know Parrish you probably know better than I do but um it, I think maybe that's Leach trying to maybe put some pressure on on Rodgers and push him a little bit and say there's more of a competition than there really is I think that's that's the biggest question going into uh, week one this year and then um, you know you return seven starters on, on defense and um, you know you feel like they got to take a step uh, forward with the defense there' be a little more more consistent this year I think the secondary is in a spot where um, they're pretty comfortable it's going to be that front seven that really kind of determines um, the way the defense goes for Mississippi State this year and on the offensive side I mean hey you know leach was brought in uh, for that reason bring the air raid offense and score a lot of points and and they're you know you aside from game an open year last year and, and the Missouri game towards the end of the season you r- didn't really have much of a offensive showing throughout the year so it's going to be a matter of you know you need less turnovers and we're going to see it you get a full somewhat normal offseason um you know this year bringing in lead, or or th- with going into lead just second year I mean it, it's tough you know you, you give MSU um a break considering you know they're bringing in a, a very dynamic system with you know a new coach and he's trying to adjust these players and they're trying to adjust his system and you have your whole spring season basically canceled because of covid uh it's gonna make things a little tough you come in with a full somewhat normal off season here you would hope that that, that they get things under control a little bit kind of get used to each other have more of a rhythm um so i think i think for the msu fans are on the side of of expecting more of an eight and four season maybe they they could have some optimism there with, with the full off season. So it, it's interesting to see. It's, it's just very interesting to see. I mean, and I even posted in the Facebook group the other day, hey, you know, MSU fans, what are your expectations for this year? And those expectations themselves range from, you know, five and seven, six and six uh, to eight and four. So it, it's really interesting to see just how going into the season, how wide the, the expectations are um, for this team. It, it's going to be interesting to see how it pans out.
0: Yeah, and uh, the quarterback competition, uh, look, uh, it might be Mike Leach trying to uh, light a fire under Will Rogers and and keep him sharp. Uh, It could be that. But uh, Jack Abraham is a very uh, successful, accomplished, winning quarterback uh, at the FBS level. And, uh, you know, his coaches say that uh, he's a really good fit uh, in this – Mike Leach system, someone who can adapt quickly, someone who uh, makes quick reads, has a quick release, uh, makes good decisions, protects the football. You know, will he really push uh, Will Rogers? I don't know. I don't think it's a given. I'm like you. I think you lean to uh, Will Rogers here. But um, you can't just uh, discount um, Jack Abraham. I think he'll be a factor uh, in that uh, competition there uh, in August. Defensively, they're usually pretty good. I mean, they, uh, they kept uh, state in the game against Georgia last year. Uh, you know, Michael mentioned you don't see Lane and offenses stall very much. Well, there were times last year that they stalled uh, in the red zone, and they stalled a couple of times in the red zone against Mississippi State, and uh, that left the door open for state, I mean, that's always a rivalry game. It's not always going to be close because it's a rivalry game. Uh, many times it, it is close. Uh, I think a lot of people had the feel last year that Ole Miss would win that game a little more easily than uh, perhaps they they did. But uh, those you know those defensive stops that State had uh, kept the Bulldogs in contention, kept them in the game, and you know they were throwing for the end zone at the end. You know, could have had a overtime or a two-point conversion. You know, could have had a strange finish, and and that rivalry has seen strange finishes before. Uh, defensively, yeah, seven starters back. Uh, they're usually pretty good. I think they got a chance to uh, to improve there as well. So anyway. Uh, football season is uh, look, it's here. Uh, I, I know technically people like you see these uh, these countdowns to kick off this time of year, this many days to kick off and I, you know I, I look at these lists on Twitter like that and I'm thinking, slow down, people,' it's, it's okay to have uh, to have summer. It's okay. But uh, I think there's even more excitement for uh, football this time around because people think it will be more normal. We think it'll be closer to normal. More stands in the fan, more fans in the stands, and it looks that way right now. And, and we also have, uh, you know, a, a little bit of a COVID comeback right now. We're all watching the Delta variant and that sort of thing. Uh, we had, uh, you know, our Mississippi governor say that he's not uh, really keen on reinserting. Uh, you know, things like uh, the the mask order or or, uh, limitations, but that doesn't mean that the the schools and the conferences might not uh, take some steps there. So uh, we think that football is back. We think it's going to be normal. I know uh, Ole Miss has really uh, uh, been emphasizing some new uh, game day uh, atmosphere things that they will have, some pregame things in and around the pavilion, but uh, we'll see. Uh, but we are excited to uh, have you guys on the beat. Folks, we thank you for clicking in with us uh, today. And, hey, uh, be sure to uh, check us out uh, in the groups and on Facebook and at djournal.com. Thanks for being with us.